Welcome to Cooper Talk. I'm your host, Steve Cooper, and remember, I'm only as hip as my guests. I have to tell you something, people. It is, uh, I'm recording on Monday today. Thank God my guests had to switch the schedule because I get to stay in on the hottest day of the year. I have lived in Burbank for 13 or 14 years, and it is supposed to be 110 today, and it's just disgusting. And to make things worse, on Friday, I see a note from our manager that says they may turn the water off to fix the uh, hot water heater, which is like great, you know, because today's the day you need to be hydrated. They'll turn the water off. So Joanne was all worried last night, so she ended up filling our Brita pitcher up. First of all, she poured us each extra glass of water for today and left it downstairs and then poured the Brita up, and it was just, uh, it was good. So I have my water. They haven't turned the water off yet, and it keeps getting hotter as the day goes by. Anyway, we have a we have a great show today. I honestly, I'm, I'm I'm happy to have this guest. My guest, this is the uh, what over 520 episodes strong. This is the youngest guest I've ever had on my show. She's 22, almost 23, but she has. If you look on IMDb and stuff like that, and her background, she has like the career of a 50 year old. And uh, it's great to have her. My guest is Liz Gillies. How you doing, Liz? I'm good. How are you? Good, man. How, are you dealing with the heat? Okay. No, I hate the. I'm I'm really I'm like a vampire too. I just hate the sun in general, even if it's not too hot. So I'm just it's a nightmare for me. I hate it. And you're you're in New Jersey. I'm a New Jersey person, but I'm South Jersey. I know you you you're from North Jersey. I am. I am. It just it's a different type of. I guess there's more humidity. It's true. It's not as bad. I guess in L. A. But I've never heard. It's like 110. It's disgusting. I know. I, I saw the the forecast, and I'm like, you know, I'm I'm in Burbank. It might, it might go 101, 102, and that's right. like in August. And I'm sitting there going to, to yesterday. Yesterday is 106. I didn't leave the house until I had to go return some movies to the Red Box, and uh, I got. To, I, I feel like I was going to faint. Oh no, it's crazy! I tried to go in my pool yesterday, which I never do because I I just I ignore it. But I went in, and it was too hot to swim. Even it was too hot, so I I don't know what to do. So now, now you grew up in New Jersey. You're you're yeah. you're now you're as a young kid. Did did you when I know you when did you want to decide you wanted to start acting? And I know you're also a very talented musician. When did all this start happening? Because it seems you got a break. You know, I know you started doing commercials at a certain age and stuff like that. But did you always want to do this, like when you're really little? I mean, how did you know this was your path you were going to take? I just always really liked it. I loved from, I mean, as early as I don't even know. My parents can even remember back to when I was almost, I don't know, like like maybe four. Or five. I just I expressed a great interest in movies and in TV, and I would sit in front of the TV. Just all those cliche stories. But basically, I was very persistent as I got older about wanting to take music classes and wanting to do acting classes and finally I dragged my parents out to take me to an open casting call which I believe it was at a I think it was at a Jewish community center actually near my house and I didn't hear anything the first two years and um, then finally I got an agent and I started doing commercials and stuff but I my parents had they were just going with the flow they're not stage parents at all and no one was in show business so it was all my idea <laughs> when did you uh when the music when did the music kick in and what were some of your influences because I mean I'm older so my of course, my musical influence is going to be different than yours. Or you I may. They I think they're going to be about the same. Okay. I don't listen to any. I, my favorite stuff is all '70s stuff. I mean, I grew up listening to. My dad would play a lot of Rolling Stones, Beatles, Joni Mitchell, James Taylor, Rod Stewart around the house, and so I grew up listening to that at a really young age. But I didn't. I didn't really grow to appreciate it until I was maybe 15, and then I really fell in love with that kind of uh, that kind of music. I love '70s. So that era was like my favorite, 60s, 70s. And then I love jazz too. I sing jazz. So my influences are older. I'm, I'm a bad example of a 22-year-old. I'm, I'm like, I'm really like I'm in my 40s, but I'm not. It's weird. Well, I said your career, if you look at your career path, it is. I mean, you have, I mean, most people wish they could have your credits you've had uh, at, your, at, at any age. But now, well, when did you know you had a good voice? I don't know. I, I sang around the clock, and I think once people... Uh, People, I guess when people don't tell you to shut up, you figure it's not that bad. So I, I don't know. I took, I took a lot of voice lessons, and my voice teachers would tell my parents that they, they thought that I was, you know, that I had something. And so that kind of encouraged me to keep going with it. Uh, not that I wouldn't have otherwise. But um, maybe, maybe uh, 11, 12, I had my first singing job, like real singing job. I was in uh, the American Girl show, which is, they were dolls. I don't know if you know about them. But no, they no, used I know to have a show. Yeah, they used to have a show, and I played one of the, I played two of the dolls, and I would sing all the songs. And it was like it was still one of the hardest jobs I've ever had, which is so weird because it sounds silly, but it was hard. So I don't know. I've been singing, but I was singing longer than I've been acting. So it really transitioned from like singing musical theater and then into acting. Acting was like third or second thing. What made it so hard? 
to what do you mean? The American Girls. The, what, what I mean, you said it was one of your hardest well, jobs you had. Well, we couldn't have caffeine. We couldn't <laughs> talk about boys. We had to do our own hair and makeup. And then if you freeze out there, no one's there to help you. And we were like eleven and twelve, so it's, it was it was an intense. It's the same as Broadway, I guess. But I guess I thought it would be a little more relaxed since it was just in the American Girl store. There was a theater, but no, it was really it. It kind of it prepped me and primed me into. It, getting ready for adult jobs. And I was on Broadway a couple of years later, and I think that that made me ready for it, having done that. So it was just hard. I don't know. I don't know. Now maybe you, I just wanted sugar. What's that? I said, maybe I just wanted sugar, and it bothered me that I, I couldn't have any. <laughs> get the kids sugar. Um, I know. So, uh, so okay. So you, you start to get commercials. Uh, you said you yeah. don't hear anything for two years from the casting calls, and then you start getting you get an agent, you start getting commercials. What were some of the commercials you were doing, and how were you? how was it getting on set for the first time? I loved it. It was really fun. Commercial auditions are crazy because my mom would pick me up. I was in school this whole time until I did Broadway. I had to leave school. But my mom would literally pick me up at the end of the school day and she would drive me into the city, which was an hour away. And this would happen multiple times a week. She was amazing. And she would come from work and we'd just swing it. But, the, you know, commercial auditions, it's like an open casting call. There's like 100 kids in the room. And sometimes you don't even say anything when you go in there. They you don't know what they want. So, not you know nine times out of ten I would hear nothing but I did a couple commercials I can't really remember what they were I do remember I did one for um, I'm trying to think so many I don't even know so you did you know. did a lot of them I did it but I, not a ton because I would go to these commercials and I would shoot and I would think I was hot shit because I did seven of them and then there would be a man there who's like this is my 900th commercial and I'd be like oh shit I'm nothing so I don't know it's a whole other game I I, I did one for like this music thing. I did one for Virgin Mobile, actually, where I, I spilled a milkshake on a mime. And I said, where's your box now, you stupid mime? And that was like my, that was my first on-camera speaking role on TV. And I was very proud of it. That was, that's great. And, and you mess with the mime. And, you know, we all pretty much hate mimes. So we hate mimes. It's so the, that was the whole commercial. And I thought it was, it was like a PSA. It was great. <laughs> so now you're doing the commercials. Yeah. And now how do you transfer, transfer to going onto Broadway? And, I mean, I mean, that must be, that's a big step. I mean, you didn't. You you were taking classes, but how did the whole Broadway thing come up? Um, I got an audition. I had been auditioning. You know, once once I could get in the room, I was auditioning for a bunch of Broadway shows and a bunch of you know off Broadway shows. And so this was just another one of those. And usually, you know, they go with kids with a little more experience or kids who have done it before. I had some. I had known some people that age, you know, ten, eleven, who had already done five, had five under their belt. So I went in for this one, and I really loved the character. It was um, thirteen. The musical, and I was like, I was on such a mission. I didn't talk to anybody at the audition. I sat in the corner. I looked like more, uh, Wednesday Adams. I had like dark hair at the time, and I was dressed in. I was just so hardcore, and I wanted to get it so badly. And that's kind of every job I've gotten. That's kind of how my auditions have gone. I kind of go into predator mode, and I just make it happen. <laughs> it's weird. I don't know how it happened though. I lucked out. I definitely lucked out. So what's it like being on Broadway at that age? I mean, first of all, I mean it's it's Broadway. I know. I believe. Did you guys start off Broadway and move to Broadway, or what was the transgression of the show? Um, we first, we did a workshop first. That was another thing. I kind of, the audition process was crazy, but we did, there was an evolution with the show and I had to kind of pass three rounds. So we did um, a workshop of the show, which is just a two week intensive. You kind of just, it's a reading basically. So you read the show, you have clipboards in front of you. I mean, you know, the script and you sing and then we sing for producers. And then from there we went to Goodspeed, which is in Connecticut. And we did it in a little theater there, which was my favorite actually. Not that Bravo wasn't amazing, but there was something... You change everything, as you know. You get more money and you go on to a bigger thing. And the certain little pieces of the show or whatever project you're working on, they change because they want to make it bigger or more commercial. And so there was like a sweet tenderness of the show that I think was maybe lost a little bit when we went to Broadway. But from there, they recast after each round of these things. And then we did that in three months uh, in Connecticut. And then we went to Broadway after that. So it was kind of in a row. I did the show for a long time. It was like over a year, the whole thing. And it was um, it was wonderful. It was really fun. Really, really fun. Well, I always hear like when you do a lot a live show for a while, a play, it's uh, it can be grueling too because you know you're constantly working and you know it's something like no matter what age you are, it's still you have to be on stage almost every night. Sometimes a matinee. I mean, how did you did you enjoy that schedule or were you sitting there going, hey, you know what, the commercials were a little bit of a better schedule? <laughs> I know, right? It was it was it's you know you get used to it. There are actually some shows. It's crazy where you can be really tired. And your body will take you through the entire show and you're kind of just sitting in the back seat, which is not necessarily good because you really, the best shows are when you're really in it and you've, you know, you're on your toes. But because you're doing it, you've done the show, I had done it hundreds of times, you know, so you can literally just sit in the back seat and your body will autopilot you to the end of the show, which is a trippy, trippy thing because you know it so well. 
But at the same time, I've frozen on stage before, and it's the worst feeling in the entire world. It's terrifying. It's really bad. Now, when you're when you're doing this, are you also still trying to write your own music and honing your own music, or are you just really concentrating on the play? Well, that came later. The um, after I did Broadway, Nickelodeon, you know. Um, I was in the show with Ariana Grande, and they they picked the both of us basically from thirteen, and we booked this show Victorious on Nickelodeon, and that's when I started to write music. And I had a contract with Sony Music, and I was doing writing sessions around the clock and trying to figure out my sound. So I'd say I started writing in like two thousand nine, two thousand ten. Okay. Um, yeah. So now, so now you you get your Broadway raps, and then you're yeah. now you try to get acting parts. Yeah. And I know you were on the Black, uh, what is it, the Black Donnellys? Black Donnellys, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I was on that. That was a good show. It got canceled because everyone hated everybody because everyone turned into, like, an enemy sort of towards the end. But I think it's funny. People will still come up to me and they'll be like, I love that show. A lot of people really loved it. Doesn't that suck? I mean, there's so many shows that, you know, they're just, they're cool. And then, I mean, as, as a writer or a creator of the show, you sometimes you must know the writing is on the wall. And if yeah. I was, the, if I knew my series was going to get canceled and I was in, like, the like the sixth episode of a 13 episode run, I would just try to sit there and go, screw the network. I'm just going to write some really dark shit. Oh, totally. I would do the same thing. Absolutely. Why not? Right. You have nothing to lose. So exactly. So you're acting and then victorious comes along. And now, now that's uh, they, they basically cast you guys from the play. So now Mm -hmm. what's it like to all of a sudden sit there? You're going from a play. Now the play was in Broadway. Now where did Victoria shoot out here? Victoria shot in LA. Yeah. My, um, my, I remember actually a night when I had to, I, you know, you have to sign away basically your life when you sign away, uh, when you're signing the screen test form because that's kind of the uh, contract that gets you through the entire deal. So I was with my family and we're a very, very tight knit family, my mom, my dad, and my brother. Um, and I had to sign the contract that would say basically I would be in, I would be living in LA for, you know, these shows usually go at least 60 episodes. So it would be years. And I remember my family getting really nervous because my mom would have to live out here with me and it was like it was kind of an emotional thing but I you know I signed it and I ended up getting it my mom did move to LA with me and we swung it somehow because we're that close but it was hard I mean we were we're a very happy little nuclear family and then all of a sudden my mom had to kind of she would go home as much as she could but it was hard you know we were living across the country it is hard I did that for two years before my girlfriend moved out here I went back to New Jersey once a month and you know you sit there and it, it is it's it's a pain and you sit there and you start getting, you know, the change of weather and, and you sit there and you go through the airport with a leather jacket and it's, right. it's you look like an idiot because you're in L.A. Then you get off and there's a heat wave and you get off with a leather jacket and people are like, who's this idiot? He must think he's cool. <laughs> no, it's totally true. I would wear, I actually, I went through like a little phase, I guess, because I played a goth type character on the Nickelodeon show. I would just wear black, pretty much long sleeves, long everything, like year round. I, I just did not, I didn't, I never wore shorts. I never wore colors. And I, I would, it was so, I was such a, I stuck out like a sore thumb. It was crazy. <laughs> so now you get out here, the series yeah. starts. Now when you sign, I know a lot of times also when you sit there and you sign away, you're, as you say, sign away your rights, whatever. Right. I know a lot of times they'll say it's for five years, but if it gets canceled, it doesn't make you, you know, it's canceled. So when yeah. you, when you came on and it is a power of a Nickelodeon show and it, it was somewhat of a spinoff of iCarly, right? Um, and not a spinoff, but the characters were introduced in iCarly or? No, I think that, that was Sam, that was Sam and Cat. with the show that came after us was okay. sort of a spin that had one of the girls from uh, iCarly, but our show was kind of a new thing and it was about, you know, it was performing arts high school and there was a singing element. So it was really a dream for me. I also loved Dan Schneider, the creator of that show, who created all my favorite Nickelodeon shows growing up, uh, he was, you know, he was doing it, and I was very excited to work with him. So it was kind of a dream experience, but it was very hard work, definitely very hard work. Now, what's it like? I mean, did you know you're going to have a few seasons once you got out here, or did you think it might go for a season? Or knowing his track record, because his he... track record kind of made us think it was going to be more than one season, and we went four. Um, and you know, the, the difference with this show is they started us a lot older than the other shows. I mean, we all came in around ranging from, I think maybe 15, 16 to 20 around there, 19. So we were pretty, we were pretty old as far as kids television goes by the fourth season for sure. And we were, we were, you know, we were a risque bunch and we were, we were just kind of like, we, we told a lot of fun jokes that were, you know, we weren't exactly like kids television I'd say material but we made a great show and we had great chemistry and it all worked out but I, I do think if we had gone like another three years people would have started to suspect something was off just because we would have been 
in our tw- we would have been old. So I don't know. I think it ended. At, these it kids one more season in my brain, but it ended at an all right time. I these, think. these kids are never getting out of school. What's wrong with yeah, them? No, it's true. It's like how long can they be uh, sophomores and juniors in high school? They look like they should have children. So. You know, whatever. But it was fun. It was wonderful. It was an amazing. They're like my lifelong friends, and it was a wonderful experience. I loved it. So as the first season ends, you yeah. must be excited, and now you're getting recognized. I know Eric Lang was on that show. Yeah, you know Eric. Yeah, he was. He's been on my show, and he told me a story where he was at like a football game, and his his brother coaches the team, or his cousin, and all these kids recognized him, and yeah. they they just started coming at him, coming at him. I mean, like surrounding them like all in a good way for you being one of the stars what is it like to be at your age you know you did broadway which you know people don't recognize people per no, se it's off way broadway more it's way more low-key so so all of a sudden you're in the show and we all know these uh, nickelodeon fans are somewhat like star trek fans for the fact yeah. that they uh they're they just when they see you they mob you what was it like when that first started happening because it probably started a few episodes in for you it's not like because nickelodeon kids they just grip onto a show what was it like for you and was it awkward for you for you a little bit was it easy to get used to and then as the years grew i mean i know you have like was it three million instagram followers i think two million or three million twitter followers that's that's a lot of followers it is, yeah. So what was it like when it first when you first started getting recognized and probably they were very fanatical, not only the boys, but the girls were probably worse because they probably loved your character because you were darker and you were like, wow, yeah. this is well, cool. Yeah, it was interesting. I kind of, I think I attracted a bit of a different fan base because my character was so dark and she was kind of, she was different in a way. And so I think we all kind of, we have specific fan bases that are tailored to our character and who we are and it was funny when I first started getting recognized um, the show had aired because of course you're filming it for a while no one knows what it is then it airs and everything changes months later and my brother and I were at the Grove and I started playing a game with him I'm like let me see how many people I can get to recognize me if I just stare over their head if they can recognize me and I would get points and it was it was very funny this was like the first time it ever happened now of course I don't do that I wear like basically a burka when I, when I go to a mall or a, a toy store I don't want it so <laughs> Because it can go, it can get crazy. It's amazing because it's been off the air now for years, and yet, I mean, the new episodes they repeat it like crazy. You know how it goes. So I will be in a mall now, and it's like a chain reaction. You know, one kid whispers, then the other kid, and then you have a train of kids following you. But because my character was kind of a bitch in the show, sometimes they're scared to talk to me, so they'll just stand back and stare. It's weird. It's a totally interesting experience, but. It's always nice. They're always sweet when they come up. But I get freaked out when there's like more than 20 kids that have accumulated and I'm in a movie theater. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing. I know, especially, I mean, it's just, as I said, the, the fans are just, you know, I heard there's always like one loud one who'd be like, oh my God, oh my God, she's, she's at C's candy. And all of a sudden, you just, I just want to buy some candy and there's kids everywhere. Yeah, totally. It always starts the same way. They, they always go, um, excuse me? That's always, always how it starts. It's always that exact tone and those exact words. And then I also get recognized a lot as Lindsay Lohan, which I think is so weird. You look nothing like her. I know. And yet my whole life, taxi drivers, a woman at an airport a week ago was like, she was came over trembling and she was like, I'm so sorry, are you her? And I'm like, who's her? It's very nice. It's 6 a.m. I wasn't in a good mood. And she's like, are you Lindsay Lohan? And I was like, I'm not. And she was so sad. She said, take your glasses off. I took them off and she said, yes, you are. I'm like, wait, with the glasses off? Yeah, yeah, I know. It's like, wait a second. Oh, my God, you're like Superman. You go from Liz, take your glasses off, and she's Lindsay. I know. It's really not that way. I just, it's so weird. People really, I don't know why. I, I'm a, I was a very big fan of Lindsay Lohan's, but I don't think I look like her that much. <laughs> so no, I know, yeah. <laughs> so now, now, did you ever start getting, like, was there any times where you were uncomfortable when the crowd just got too big? Because yeah. I'm sure, I mean, and how do you react to that? Because it's... You're you're on your own, you know. I mean, it's not like you're sitting there with a bunch of bodyguards. I mean, what? How? What, give me some examples of that happened. No, and I'm also I'm somebody who loves to go out. I'm never going to be, no matter what. If, should I reach another level of fame where I really, you know, it's, it's just nonstop? And if there's paparazzi and things, I'm always going to. I like to go to restaurants and I like to go out and I like to ride my bike and I like to go get groceries and I like to do normal things and I always will. So I run. I just I live my life and. I was once at Juniors. You know Juniors, like in New York? Yeah. Okay, so I was there. I was eating, and it's right in the theater district. I was going to a show, and I was with my friend. And there was a school. It's never good when there's a school trip, because that's obviously just your target. And I was eating, and this woman was like, do you think my daughter and her friends could get a picture? And I was like, sure, just once I'm done eating. And she 
ripped my napkin from under my cup and then she's like no just sign this now girls line up and she she assembled a line next to my table which I just thought was so rude I thought it was crazy and sometimes moms just get it's really usually the moms are worse than the when than the kids she just lined them up like I was I was a at the, it was I was weird it was so weird is but it, so, yeah it is parents are, it's parents can be like that like you see on sets too I mean if there's kids you know the parents are always like the the ones that go crazy you know, oh they, yeah! They go. We'll sit here. We're we're part of the crew. No, you're not. You're not part of anything. You're the kids' okay. parents. It's so true. So, it's, stage moms are the worst. I mean, they're the worst ever. Now, yeah. Would you run into a lot of them with on, when you were on the show, or were you on your own pretty much? Because all of you guys were older. We were half and half. I mean, we were old in the beginning. Our parents kind of had to be there as much as they could, which is boring for them, of course. It's only fun for the first like couple of weeks, and then you're like, all right. And then, and then as we got older, they would kind of drift in and out. But a lot of us were out of towners, so our parents like they had to create lives out here, with things to do during the day. They were out here for us to help us out, and so you know, I, I kind of felt bad sometimes. But they became friends, and uh, yeah, there was some stuff that happened, but nothing. Our parents were pretty cool on Victorious. I think theater, I do think theater parents are worse. I will say. <laughs> Why is that? Just because they're... I don't know. I think it's a whole other level of stage kid when you have to learn how to sing and dance and act and be just you're operating on a whole other it, it's it is harder i know it, it i don't know if people will like me saying that or not but it's harder to do things live and there's just you it, it's just harder the audition process is way harder i remember when ari and i went to film a musical performance on victoria's our first one we really believed we had to sing it live and there and then we, they were told us they're like we don't do that for t- t- tape we don't do that you know that's not what's done. We just, you know, you have to lip sync. And we were so confused by that. And it was, it was so, we actually sang one live just because we asked to. So I think you have a whole other set of uh, standards maybe on Broadway just because it's live and it's, you, there's just no room for error. Where TV, you can do it as many times as you want, sort of. So I don't know. I think the moms are a little more intense. I do. How does your mom acclimate to LA? You know, because I mean, she's probably from New Jersey, right? Yeah, she's from New Jersey. My mom is completely normal. She's the, nicest sweetest person I know and she was she kind of just went with it she would just she we would just she'd pick me up and we just go to different we loved like desserts so we would just go to like restaurants and cupcake shops and get ice cream and go shopping like we just did normal things she liked the weather of course because she loves the sun and the beach so she liked that but you know she missed her friends and her family and stuff like that so I was happy when we got to we had it was nice when it could all go back to normal that was a very good thing and it was just something that happened and we got through it totally we did it perfectly, so I was very thankful for that. The, the funny thing about when you come from New Jersey, because I mean, I came here, I and mean, I've been out here for a while, but I was in San Diego. Wait, you're from New Jersey? I grew up in Cherry Hill. Yeah. Oh, and, uh, that's I know good. you're cool. North Jersey. You're Bergen County. Yeah, Bergen County. Yeah. And I went to Stockton State, which is now Richard Stockton University. So I'm, I'm, I'm like full blown New Jersey. I'm full blown and, New Jersey. And what's funny is no, and your mom would probably attest to this, and my girlfriend noticed this when you when she moved out that. You know, in New Jersey, everyone has that, oh, New Jersey people are too aggressive. They can't drive. And I always say the difference is New Jersey people, we're aggressive, but we know how to drive. That's why it's we are aggressive. True. And out here, people cannot drive. It's, it's I a- stopped driving out here. I stopped driving. I literally got my license, came out here, got into accidents because of people are insane. I'm not taking no credit. Like, I, I did make a weird left turn once, but it technically was not my fault. But I was just amazed the people, even when you get into an accident, the people that get out of the cars are so, they're not normal people. And then there's homeless people and the, there's like, there was like a, a do-gooder actor that was like, hey, can I help you out? Like, no one's normal. I was like, I don't want to do this again. This is awful. Oh, yeah. And everyone, just people were, no no one drives defensively. Everyone's just doing crazy shit all the time. And I couldn't handle it. And they try to dictate the four-way stop. Like, you stop oh. first and they tell you you can go. And you're like, yeah, I know. It's a four-way stop. Do you like LA, or do you are you an East Coaster really? You know what's weird, uh, honestly. When I was, I, I like LA, and I got I've gotten used to it. But when I was going to visit Joanne, and she lived right near where I grew up, you know, we went to college. But we don't really know. It's a long story. But when I was going to see her like once a month, I was really digging L, uh, the New Jersey scene. And I used to do comedy back there, so when I went back, I would book gigs, and it was fun. And it was good to see my friends. But all in all, you know, when it comes to it. You know, L.A. is my home. I do miss the Jersey Shore in the summer. I used to go to Stone Harbor or Avalon, and I loved it. Yeah, me too. But it's just, it's something that there's there's a feel of New Jersey. But I'm telling you, man, that winter, I, I you know, I forgot I forgot how to wear gloves. I went back. I was I looked like a dope. I'm trying to put my gloves on one day. 
and I'm trying to talk on my cell phone. And so I think I'm now, I can say it, I'm probably now a Californian. Right. How, long, how many years have you been out here? I've been out here, well, San Diego for five and L.A. for 13. So Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I It was hard for me when I first moved here. I just, because people just didn't get my sense of humor. And I'm very, I walk very fast. I talk very fast. I have a very uh, dark sense of humor. And it was just not, I didn't vibe with a lot of, but I, it really is about finding your crew of people and building your home and then just enjoying the weather and the things it has to offer. I think that's the key. People don't get sarcasm out here and people don't get when you're when you do an obvious joke. Like I would say stuff that is to me and to my friends is obvious a joke. Like I'd be at a bar and I'd say something and the bartender would be like, Really? And you just want to sit there and go, No. That's what I noticed. People out here don't yeah. get stuff. I would be like, Oh my god, it's so hot, I'm gonna kill myself and someone would be like, Do you need to talk to somebody? And I'm like, What? <laughs> what? What are we what? No. It was weird. It was like, it was so, it would, it would blow my mind. And there was just an extra layer of um, happiness that was completely inauthentic on top of everything everyone would ever say to me. And it drove me nuts. Yeah. Well, that's, uh, that's New Jersey. And that's why I love New Jersey. And, and I'm one of these people that's proud to be from New Jersey. And people out here don't get what New Jersey is. And they give it a bad name. And I'm like, shut up. It's a beautiful state. And the yeah. people are great. They are. They're really great. I'm, I'm a straight shooter. I just have no time for the other stuff. And I think that's what catches people off guard out here when they, whatever. I don't know. Who knows? I like it better now. I've, it's grown on me, I have to say. Oh, plus, you know, and you're working all the time, so that's good. So so now with Victorious, now yeah. as you get to the second and third season, I mean, you're, you're, the show's getting more popular. What is that like to know when you're, you know, so many times people worry about, and we'll talk about your, your latest show that I know in between first and second season, you really weren't sure what was going on because Elaine was on my show when the first season had wrapped and oh, you, yeah, yeah. you didn't know what was going on oh. the second season but with Victorious what's it like especially being a, a getting you know being the co-star of a show what is it like when you know you're coming back for another season is it just a feeling of relief or are you sitting there going I hope my character develops different ways what is that like when you're sure. on a hit show both. I mean, I was. We were always. We were always really happy that we got to go back. Um, the fan base was so strong. But I always wanted. You know, I always wanted to really be an actor, and I always and and I like. I would not have taken. I would not have done just any. You know, fluffy kids show. And this show is not that. And my character actually was given way more layers, I think, than a normal character on a kids show is given. So I was really drawn to her and I got I got a lot of different uh, moments like her dad came and they have a weird relationship stuff you don't usually see in a kids show and my relationship with my boyfriend in the show was complicated and we had one really dramatic episode and I have to say like I was always everything I always wanted for the character was pretty much fulfilled the writers and Dan the creator always they, they, they challenged us and they put some adult stuff into uh, the show which he does with all his shows and I think that's why the parents can watch it and everyone can get into it and so I was thankful for that, but of course I wanted things for my character. I wanted to challenge myself because you do get stifled sometimes, especially on a, a show like that. You can get stifled, but I always felt I always felt pretty fulfilled. I did with uh, with my character, and I got to write a song for the for her and sing it in the last season, which was a really nice gift. So it was cool. When did, when did you sit there and decide, you know, with your singing background, I think as you said, your first love, you know, when you start out with singing, when yeah. did you sit there and decide, you know what, I, I want to take this another level and start writing songs and, and was that a scary process for you? Well, when we signed on to Victorious, there was this, we had to sign this music contract and so it gave us the opportunity to be developed as artists should we want to and so... I obviously was like, yeah, that sounds great. And it was totally scary and there was a lot of pressure, I think, because I think for me, um, people the people at Sony and they were really sweet and they worked with me and they were great, but they wanted they wanted something for me that I didn't really want for myself. They kind of were looking at me like my character on the show, so they're like pink, Kelly Clarkson, Avril Lavigne, kind of like poppy but a little angsty. And I was like, I love all three of them, I grew up with them, but I listened to Cat Stevens, what happens now? <laughs> so it was like I didn't I my influences were so different and they were so set. I was like, I like you know, I listened to like the band and Bob Dylan and Cat Stevens and Carol King, Carly Simon. So I was like, I don't really know how to make this poppy and so I, I ended up writing like 50, 40, 50 songs and it was uh, all over the place, genre-wise, and some of it's good, but none of it ever kind of was cohesive, and I never got there. So I'm still working on it. It's a total process. It's hard. Now, how do you find what you write about? Is it from everyday life? Is it from different things? Because as I say, also, you know, you said you are more of a 
a folk singer at heart and that kind of music. And, you know, people don't expect that from some people, you know, yeah. I mean, especially up for show, girl coming off the show, Victorious, they don't sit there and go, oh, yeah, you know, she's uh, she's writing Moonshadow. You know, they don't expect Absolutely. that. So They're- so where do you find your where do you find your inspiration to write your songs? Just in everyday life. I found I always if I was ever in a bad place or I was sad or feeling misty and happy, like whenever I felt emotional, it was easier for me to kind of pour out a song and I would usually write it in a half hour as opposed to when I went to writing sessions and I'd be with, you know, people who some people, some of these people in the writing sessions now because they just no one plays an instrument anymore. It's all on the computer, which I just don't groove that way. So it was um, it was hard for me. You know, there's you can now make music all on your computer, even with your phone. No one needs to play anything anymore with all the technology because everything's kind of tracks now, which is just, I just don't, it's not my thing. So I play piano. I could play a lot better, but I always like to work with people who are great musicians and can bring something to the table that I can't, which is not hard uh, with instrumentally. I'm not a great instrumentalist, but um, I don't know. I don't know. I forgot. I, 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 I don't know what I'm talking about anymore. Oh, it's <laughs> all good. It's all good. So now, now as you're going through Victorious, when, when did you start doing the voiceover work for uh, for Winx? During the same time. They asked me to do it. I love doing voiceovers. I do tons of voices, and I always have. I'm a, I'm an all right, and, and you know, I'm pretty good at impersonating people, so I was I was really happy to do that. And it's the best gig. You can go in there in sweatpants and you know work for... 25 minutes to an hour and then you leave and then you get to watch yourself you know months later and you're like a sexy little cartoon character and when you looked like shrek when you went in there so it's fun <laughs> it was good i loved it i loved it it's it's so much fun i would love to do more voiceover i love it so much they're fun work i audition for voiceover as every once in a while and it's great because i can just go upstairs and record so it and send it to my agent and i'm like you'll get a message and it usually when it's a when it's a commercial it's just a it's usually some quick copy, but you're like, you usually nailed on seven tries and you go, man, it sure beats driving to an audition. Oh, totally. Doing that. It's great. No, I love it. I'm a big fan. So after Victorious ends, where, what are you, and before, and before you get sex, drugs and rock and roll, what were your plans? Did you want to take some free time off or what, no. what were you thinking? I hate free time. If I could never have a day off, I would. I'm, I'm, I'm just obsessed with working. I guess at this point in my life, I always kind of have been. So I really thought that once Victoria's ended, I would kind of the phone would be ringing off the hook, and we're like, we want her to be in feature films because I was delusional. And the truth is, when you come off a kids show, you you're going to get more kid material thrown at you, and it's going to be really hard to transition from that into more adult roles. So it was kind of a waiting game for me. I did a couple things, uh, but work was very, you know, it, it, it was it was it took a while. So I was um, I did a couple. I did a Lifetime movie, which was so much fun. I did that for myself because I was I always wanted to do a Lifetime movie, and it was amazing. It was so much fun. Now it's kind of like it has a cult following, so I was happy about that. What was it called? <laughs> Killing Daddy. Okay, uh, now I'm gonna have to go see if it's on Netflix. It was on yesterday because it was Father's Day yesterday. They like to do that. <laughs> Who starred in it? Um, me. I mean, but, just, you know it's a problem if I'm the... No, did you kill somebody? Or who was your daddy you were going to kill? My daddy, um, he was a stroke victim, <laughs> and I wanted him to die, so he didn't have much of a chance. I got to find it. That's... <laughs> it's the best. It's the campiest thing you'll ever watch in your life. I had the best time. They were like, bigger, bigger acting. I'm like, you got it. I, I, felt, like, I felt like Mommy Dearest. It was so much fun. I loved it. It was really great. Um, I did a horror movie. I did some guest spots. I was doing the voiceover throughout. And then I got the sex, drugs, and rock and roll script. And that's when I was I was back on track. And I, I didn't think I would get sent an adult script like that. And I mean, or that they would, they would let me do it because I had had trouble in the past proving that I was, you know, capable of doing adult material since Victorious. And Dennis really didn't want to see me because his producer... Uh, Jim, his producing partner, was like, my kids love her from this show, but I think she could be good. Just watch this tape. And he's like, hell no. No one from Nickelodeon will be on the show. It's awful. But I guess he responded to the tape, and then I proved myself in the audition process. So. Now, now, when you got the script, did you know it was written by Dennis? Yeah. And- I knew it was written by him. I I didn't know a ton about Dennis, but I, I grew up knowing the asshole song. Right. <laughs> but I did. I don't know why. I think my friend showed it to me when I was young, and I was like, I like this song. So I knew a little bit of his stand-up. I definitely knew who he was. Um, but I loved it, and I loved the character, and I just got it. It clicked. And I again, I just was like, I need to get this role no matter what. So I picked the hardest song off the song list that they gave us. I picked an Aretha song, and I uh, I sang my little heart out, and then they, they flew me out like a couple days later to test with him. So I think that's what sealed it. 
was I mean, there must be a little bit of nervousness, like you say, because it is such a different role. I mean, in all honesty, it's like, you know, going from, as you said, from a kid's show, which was an older kid's show. It's not a kid's show. But then going to a, 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 Dennis, a Dennis Leary project, which, you know, yeah. Dennis is always, you know, even back to his work. I mean, his work's always dark. I opened for him years ago in Philadelphia. And it was, and he was so funny and he was the nicest guy, but he's always been dark. Yeah. So I mean, for the network, must have FX must have also must have been like, wait a second, the girl from Victorious is coming for in. Sure. I think so. I think it had to be a sell because it doesn't it did not fit with the vibe of the show in any way. So I wanted to prove them wrong, and I I just I flew in and I just I sang the song a million times in my head. I went over the material and I met him and. It, it was just it's a, it's such a chill vibe. It's so different working with him and his whole crew because they're just they're just like East Coasters. They're like people I grew up with, and they're so nice and they're ball busters like I am. So it was fun. It felt totally natural. It felt really really good. And um, he had me improv with him. He's like, okay, now let's do the scene, and you just make up whatever insults you can and just totally go in on me. And and I and I did. And I think that's when he realized maybe I could keep up. And um, and the rest is history. So you, you sat there, you they flew you in, and then you came back and you didn't hear from them? Or what was the process till you knew you got the role? It was like three days. It wasn't that bad. Okay. So I actually, I stayed in New Jersey for a little bit. I was like, I was with my family and we got the call. I don't remember where we got the call. I think, oh, I know. We were in a parking lot of a supermarket. That's where I always, by the way, whenever I'm in New Jersey, that's always where I get the calls <laughs> that I got the job. I'm always in, like, I'm always in a parking lot. It's so weird. I don't know why. The shop right? Uh-huh. Were you at the shop right? I, I was at sh- no shit. I was at Shoprite. I swear to God, I'm not even lying to you. I was at Shoprite. Well, there's only there's, there's only Shoprite Acme, and I don't even know if Shop and Bag is still around. No, it's there was AMP, but it closed. I'm trying to think what else there was. Shoprite. Anyway, there's a ton. Stop and Shop. Um. Anyway, so I was in a parking lot there, and uh, and I got the call, and I was very very excited and very very happy and. Yeah, it's wonderful. It's a wonderful, it's a wonderful job. I love it. So, so now you get the part, and you know you're going to get to sing, and you're also, but as you know, you're going into a. the The cast is some amazingly talented yeah. people. I mean, you know, I mean, with John Corbett and you know yeah. Elaine, and even the guest stars, Rob Morrow and uh, you know yeah. Callie Thorne, and, and then you John, know John right. Ailes, who's a phenomenal, but a lot of people don't know as much as he is, and then uh, and then. Uh, Bobby. Bobby, who's a great stand-up comic, and it's, you know, thing. what is it like when you go into a a cast like that, when they have so much, you know, experience, and you have experience too, but they've been, they've seen different things, you know, I'm sure they've all had their ups and downs in their careers. Were you intimidated going into that, or did you sit there and go, okay, you know, I, I'm, and, I'm, and you had to know in your mind that you were going to hold your own, else you wouldn't have been booked, I mean, it's in, with that yeah. kind of cast, but was is it intimidating as a, as a younger actor going in to a crew like that it's gonna sound so weird but I would I get way more nervous just because I hang out with, I mostly hang out with adults my best friends out here are actually I mean mo- a lot of them are from Victoria's and, I, and they're my close friends but other than that I hang out with you know women in their late 30s and their 40s you know those are my friends so I'm actually I I've always kind of grooved more with adults for some weird reason so I was I was if I it had been a room of kids my age, young actors, I would have been a hundred times more nervous. I really would have been, and I I was of course a little intimidated because they were such great actors and they had done so much more than I had. But um, I never let myself kind of sit in a room and get in my head about it because I don't give myself a chance to. I just I just like talk myself up like I'm going out in the field and I just I just do it. And so they were all really nice too, which totally helped. They were really sweet, and the pilot went pretty quickly. It was the series where we all became really close we became like a family and we all our dressing rooms are all next to each other so it was like a dorm it was really cool and it feels totally normal to me people always ask me that if it feels weird because I'm so much younger but it feels as normal as it could I know it's so strange but it does I don't know how or why but it does well no because I say I think you're I mean just, you have an older soul you know it's <laughs> anyone who listens to you know the music you listen to are gonna yeah. get along with people I mean I, I always sit there my, my girlfriend listens to classic I like classic I like 80s but she listens to some of the younger stuff and I'm like you should not have the iPod uh, <laughs> of, of, of your 21 year old niece I said you know that's just not right you know you're you're my age but <laughs> so, so now what was it okay so once the pilot but now when you shot the pilot was it already a go or was it the pilot and the network had to see if they're going to pick it up? 
No, we had to wait for the pilot to get picked up, and then we had to wait for, yeah, and then it's the same every year, but yeah, we had to wait, and um, that was really cool when it got picked up, that was a great, that was a great moment. It was, it's always, you just, you just, every day, it's all you think about until it gets picked up, you know, you can put your, it's, it, last year we waited so long for it to get picked up, and it was just every day, I'm sure Elaine told you, it was just like, oh, we just wanted to hear so badly, it was crazy. Yeah, I mean, it's awful, especially when you shoot this pilot, and you know it's, it's going to be a good show, and, and then the wait, I mean, must be awful, but I mean, how excited were you once you got, were you in a parking lot when you got the call that it was picked up? I'm trying to think of where I was for that one. Uh, I think I was in LA, actually, so I was probably in my house, because I don't leave my house, so I don't know, I don't think I was in a parking lot. So you're... Or, you're in yeah. L.A. and he gets yeah. picked up. So now you know you have to go back east. And you guys shoot in Brooklyn, right? First year we shot in Greenpoint, Brooklyn, yeah. Okay. So now what's that like when all of a sudden you sit there and you go, okay, I got to go back. Now, did you stay in New Jersey or did you get a place yeah, in Brooklyn? I in New Jersey. It was crazy. I'll never – I didn't do that this year. It was insane. I commuted and I was going to hire drivers. And my parents were like, well, it's so early in the morning. Just hire, hire us. We'll drive you. We want to spend time with you. So it was cute in the beginning and then it got a little insane. And I ended up taking Ubers because it was during the holiday season, too. And I felt bad at a certain point. You know, it's far. It's a far drive. Oh, and the traffic, you never know. I mean, all of a sudden you hit and you go, oh, my God, where's this traffic from? Oh, totally. So um, this year I lived in the city for the first time, and that was that was nice. How was that? What did you, what did you think of it? Because my, my brother and my niece have lived in the city for, God. I lived in Williamsburg. Okay. Which has to be the most obnoxious place in the entire world. But, I mean, it was perfect for me. We actually shot a lot around Williamsburg. I loved living alone. It was really fun. I love living in the city. And I actually liked being outside of the city, which was so weird. I actually liked going there and having dinner and going out and having fun and then getting to leave the craziness and go back to Williamsburg, which is a little more mild. It's way more chill. And I liked it. I liked being a little separated from the city, just like I like being in New Jersey, you know, and not living in, uh, like, directly in Manhattan. So I had fun. I, I got I, there was great restaurants, great food, great shopping all around. But the Rainbow Bagel store was on the corner of my. Do you know what I'm talking about the famous Rainbow Bagel situation that's happening? Yes. It was on the corner, like it was right near my apartment, and so the it was just the lines would wrap around the block, and I thought it was the dumbest thing in the entire world. I would never wait in line for three hours for a Rainbow Bagel. Would you? I wouldn't wait in line. I see people waiting in line for the Cheesecake Factory, <laughs> and, and I. Just- I go, what are you doing? Because no one ever comes out and says, oh, my God, the food was so great at the Cheesecake Factory. They say, my portion was huge. That's That's exactly right. What are you doing? I don't want to wait. So, yeah, it's good you don't wait. Now, I was going to ask you, as the the first season's going on, you get to sing. Yeah. So that must be a great thing. I sang live, too, which was really cool. Dennis is like, would you mind singing live? I'm like, no. I actually sing way better live than recorded. I get I. I'm not that great recording. I just don't. I, I, I get too hung up on every little thing because when it's live, it's gone. It's out in the air and you're in the moment. But recording, you split it up and I just get too critical of myself. So I was happy he wanted to do it that way. It's rare. It was fun. So the club scenes when you sing, you're actually singing live. Yeah. And, and now is that all in one take or do they stop or do they just let you go for the song or how does that work? I think it depends on the performance. Some of them, they cut them up a little bit, um, and then some of them are totally all the way through, I'm pretty sure. So it just depends on, you know, the, what they needed or how they – they cut some of the songs short too, so they had to cut it up a little bit. But, yeah, it was cool. Now, as an actor, how is it to, to be – you know, because you're, you're from a very close-knit New Jersey family. I know the type. I grew up with one. And then you're playing the daughter of just the, I mean, the biggest screw up around. I mean, he's so yeah. good in that character. What is that like playing that part? I mean, it must be weird because it's acting, but it's like, it just must be weird to think that you're his daughter in a show. I know. It's funny. I'll tell you the hardest part is, especially this year, there's so, it's so much more risque this year. But I feel really, I, I, you know, I am a, I am a, I feel bad that my parents have to watch it. I do because I'm so close with them. So I'm just like they wanted me to send them the episodes. And I'm like, guys, I'm just preparing you. There's some adult content. She's like, but like we don't care. I'm like, you're gonna care when you're watching it. You're gonna care a lot. So I, I, it's risque. That would be the hardest thing for me with my family. Is you know, last year was pretty benign, but this year we stepped it up about a hundred notches. So that would be hard for, to have them watch it. I feel bad, but it's very funny. It's all done in comedy. Thank God. Now, do you, do you like doing the comedy, like the adult comedy? Because I love it. I mean, it's just it's and it is. I mean, it is so well written. I mean, it must be great just to deliver those lines because you know, on your old show, once again, very well written, but the it's not as sharp and tough. No. And so you must just love that as a 
as just an actress, just being able to really flex your chops and just bring it out there. Yeah, this season especially, I have so much. I have so he 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 gave Gigi my character so many comedic moments this year, and a lot of a lot of physical comedy, which I had never, which I had done, but I hadn't done it in a while, and, it, and I love it. I love comedy. I mean, it's my favorite. For a while, I just wanted to try to be on Saturday Night Live. That's all I really wanted to do. I went through a phase where I was like, I'm going to do whatever it takes. and uh, But then I chickened out and they're like, you should probably start doing stand-up. I got scared. I was like, no, I'm not that funny. So um, I love doing comedy. And this year, I, I, I was given so much more than last year. And I had so much fun. And he's so funny. And he has such a funny way of writing and such a sharp way of writing that I just really respond to. And I like when he and I go back and forth. It's just great. It's like... It's like bite after bite after bite. It's wonderful. It's really sharp. Well, everyone seems to go back and forth. And it's yeah, funny thing. It's, yeah. it's you, you, I mean, it's the, he's not a good person, but you like him. And you know he has a good yeah. heart and he cares about you. He's a lovable screw-up. He's just a huge screw-up, you know. Now, what was it like when you played in front of those live crowds? Was it was it an energy because it, it was sort of sort of rock and roll? I mean, was that was that no, a great extras, time? No energy. <laughs> They're like we're tired. <laughs> they were like they were cool, but you know, they if you if I sat up there and I and I just you know went to sleep, they would have had to have made the same reaction. So in that way, it wasn't as great. But the fact that I got to play live and that the band. The band is playing live too. You know, Alice can play bass and Bobby plays guitar. I mean, Bobby plays um, drums, and so it does. You do have that live band feeling when you're up there. And I'd say amongst the band, there was a great feeling of live energy, and yeah, in that way, definitely. Now, last season, did you play piano on, in the studio on one song? Um, I know you sang. Oh, I, I play piano, but I don't. I, I don't like playing piano and recording ever because I just feel like there's someone better who can do it. I'm a fine piano player, but I'm not great. This year, I do. This year I have an Adele, uh, Stevie Nicks parody mashup that I do, and um, it's basically like what would happen if, it's like a comedy, it's a little, I make fun of them basically, and it's like if Stevie Nicks called Adele, and it's like this back and forth little parody I do of the two of their voices singing, heightened versions of course, and I play piano on that, and a couple others, and Gigi's playing piano this year on the show a lot more, but um, I hate playing piano on camera, it's not my favorite. I can do it, but I just, I like to focus on like two things, and I... I don't consider myself a great, amazing piano player. So, but yeah, sometimes I do. Gigi plays, so I because I play. So yeah. Now, how does your whole victorious fan base feel about this character? And have they do have you? Do they still follow you, or is it too this show too risque for them? I mean, have you noticed that with just because you're going from a yeah. Nickelodeon show to a Dennis Leary show on FX, and we all know FX is of the network net, of the networks is. The best. I mean, they bend. You know, besides HBO, they push the limits the most. I mean, it started from it's always sunny in Philadelphia and the Shield. How has that been? Have you noticed some a, a difference, or do you have you feel like you've lost fans, or they couldn't follow you? They're so loyal, you know, and they love Victoria so much. They love that show so much, and they're so supportive. I mean, they've made such incredible fan art from this show. They've been incredibly supportive, and they watch it. Do I think they love it as much as Victoria's? Of course not, but they stand by my character, and they, they're invested now at this point, and um, they're rolling with the risque themes. I think it's interesting for them to see me, somebody they've only seen in a very careful light on Nickelodeon, do things so far outside the box, especially this season. Their, their jaws are going to drop a little. I don't know in a good way or bad way, but... Um, they totally stand by me, and they're very—they're—they're—they're they're, they're better at promotion than I am, and sometimes better than anybody is. I mean, they make these incredible—they—they they trend us on Twitter, and they make incredible fan art and, and gifts and all this stuff, and they're—they're they're really wonderful. So I'm very—they're—and they've now spread out to the entire cast. So it's great to have them. We're very thankful to have them. They've hung on. They've what, definitely hung on. What kind of gifts have you gotten? Like, what are some cool gifts you've gotten from your fans, or something that really stuck out to you when someone made something? You went, "Holy crap! This is well, so some cool." Amazing artists. I draw, and I've always loved art, and um, I'm really—I always look for artists on on Instagram and Twitter, and there are some amazing ones who just do a beautiful job, and their work deserves to be, you know, shared. And so I love, you know posting those and retweeting those and then the gifts they just take really funny lines from the show and they and they make them into gifts you know like my character saying some of the best lines or little funny faces and stuff I love it and it's great and it helps bring our show which is kind of an older demographic on into the younger demographic on social media so they're doing they're doing a lot of work for us I'm very thankful <laughs> 
Now, what are some of the good hookups you've gotten, good deals? Like have, through through Victorious and through this show, have you ever sat there and went, man, this makes it all worthwhile? I mean, have you gotten, do you get, ever get bumped on airplanes? Do you get, you know, free there's meals? Been, yeah, there's been a few times when I'm going through security where they'll let me go all the way through because one, one of the people at the TSA, they, they recognize me. So that's always very helpful. Um, I'm trying to think. Sometimes a table, but not here in New Jersey, of course, but not in LA. I'm nowhere near, and you know, I'm I'm like a an, a D list celebrity in LA at best. No, you aren't. Of course, I am in L in New Jersey. I'm like an A plus celebrity because it's just more rare. You know what I mean? I think wherever they least expect it, that's when you get treated the best. In LA, people expect it. You know, I think. Now you you know you said you love to go out and eat, uh-huh. and I know you're you're half Italian. I'm quite Italian. I'm okay. really Italian and really Irish, but there's other stuff mixed in there, so I don't know if it's exactly 50%. But now, now, do you have any good Italian restaurants in L.A. that you like? Because we live in Burbank, no. and there's not many. We went to a... Uh, Where do you go? Well, you know what? The last... We haven't really gone out for Italian food. The last time we went for Italian food, I think, was... Um, I've gone out here. I've had a hard time for five yeah, and a half, six uh, years uh, finding it. What was it? Like, it was... Uh, uh, the, the place has the great pizza, supposedly. It's on Highland and Melrose. Uh, Moza? What is it? Moza? No, Ma- yeah, Moza, yeah. Moza, but Moza it, wasn't, was, yeah. it wasn't like Italian food. Like, you know, it wasn't, it was like, oh, yeah, well, here's the here's the mozzarella bar. And then I got like a, I got a bacon, a pancetta wrapped quail. Same, same. Just like you're never going to get a bagel out here. I've given up completely because I love bagels, obviously. And I cannot, I, I can't get a bagel out here. It's not a thing. It's just not a thing. No, this is okay. Where? Noah's no, bagel. It's fine. It's not the same. Oh, yeah. Well, that's true. And it's a matter of... But the Italian food, because my girlfriend's Italian, even you know when we go back to New Jersey, we do the... Yeah, the, Mama's not bad. Have you been there? Yes. I like it there. It's not bad. It's just there's no like... Just like sit down. Like I always say, the restaurants out here are... Where we have little Italian restaurants back east, they're family-owned Mexican restaurants out here. You're totally right. You're totally right. And it sucks if you like good Italian food. Dantana's? What's that? Dantana. I've never gone there. I, I, it just—it sounds too trendy to me. I don't know. I just, you know, as I said, it's there used to be a place in Burbank, but it closed. I'm it's telling not, you, I can't find anything. I just make pasta at home because obviously I was raised on Italian food, and it's not. It's and if you talk about Italian food here, people are like, "Well, that's really fattening, isn't it?" I'm like, "Ugh." Okay, it's like, come on, you know, my girlfriend makes a killer lasagna and stuffed shells. Exactly. Now, now you have a do you have a YouTube channel? I heard you were recording songs and putting them up on YouTube. I have a YouTube channel. I, it's not very active. I need to. I need to figure out what I'm going to do there. It's 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 an old one. I used to put covers up um, on my YouTube channel. Now I just kind of whenever I'm I, I sometimes I sing a song and I post it there. But as far as original music, I've yet to put any of it out because I just I have to let go of my perfectionism thing and just start putting out music. I really do. I need to because I could be dead tomorrow. <laughs> I should just start releasing stuff. But then I have a song. I wrote a song this two songs this year that'll be on the soundtrack. I'm very excited about that. So how does that happen? Did they come up to you and say, okay, we know you write music? Because who usually writes the songs? Does Dennis Dennis. write them? Oh, so he... partner, Chris, and members from his band, yeah. Okay, so now how did you get involved? Did your agent push for it, or did they just say, we're going to give her a shot to do this, and how excited were you? No, this is the least agent-involved show I've ever been on. Everything goes through me or Dennis or one of the producers. It's It's just like calls to your family. Like, my agent doesn't know what's going on ever. She's like, why do I have a nudity form on my desk? I'm like, oh, yeah, it's for an episode. Don't worry about it. We're handling it. You don't even have to sign it. We're figuring something out. She's like, what is happening? So (laughs) she's like, "It's, it's it's just so insular. It's like we all just kind of figure everything out. Like, you know, we, we get into fights. It's like, it's we're like a family. We're like an East Coast family. We just like sort everything out there in the room. We all pick on each other in the best way. And then we all hug. It's bizarre. It's like a family. Anyway, um, Dennis knew, I, he knows I write music. And so he asked if I wanted to pitch any sh- songs for the show last year. And I did, but they were all uh, already picked out last year. So this year, two of mine made it in. Uh, one made it into the show, a brief moment. And then the other one is just on the soundtrack. But I have two on the soundtrack. One is... Uh, don't break me too, and the other is just let me go. So I was happy that I got to do that, and I got to be involved in that way. Now, will this, you think, will sit there and kickstart you into, as you say, you're perfectionist, and you have to write more. But once you actually sit there and see it on the soundtrack, and you know, and people love the music, because it's a, you know, it's, it's, as I said, it's a great show. Do you think this will help you to start writing more and sitting down and doing it? I think so. I have to. I've, I've, it's, it's, I've, I've waited way too long. I should have put... But but the thing is, I'm happy I didn't put any of the stuff I wanted to put out. It's like a tattoo, I think. I think it's like, you know, you'd be like, this is an amazing song. I want to put this out right now. And then I'll listen to it two years later and be like, oh my God, thank God I didn't. It's like anything. It's like comedy material or a script or... 
So I I have like five songs now that I've loved for years, and so I think I'm sold on them. And um, I need to write a few more, and then I'll put then I'll put them all out together, and I'll continue to write. So now the season premieres uh, Thursday, June twentieth. No, June, wait, I'm not June twentieth. I'm sorry. Thirtieth. What is it? June thirtieth. Yeah, it's a week from this Thursday. Oh, I have to make sure. I can't believe I just forgot. This. No, no, I, I just interviewed. I'm like, today's the twentieth. That doesn't. Be positive. Let me make sure. It is. Yeah, it's, it's the thirtieth. Okay. Now, what do you do for the premiere? We have a premiere party. I'm excited. We have a big premiere um, at a big theater, and then an after party, and then I'll probably watch it when it, that's going to be before the air date. And then on the air date, I'll probably just watch it at home and have a glass of wine. <laughs> now, is it in New York the party or out here? Yeah. Yeah, I'm heading to New York in a couple days for a bit to do the whole press tour. So we have a bunch of stuff to do on that front. And we're actually doing a live little concert for Sirius, um, for Sirius XM. We're doing, um, we're singing, I'm singing like six of the songs from the show with the band. So that'll be really fun. Now, how do you, do you enjoy watching yourself or do you watch yourself a lot or is it just harder? Do you just want to watch the first episode to see how it turned out? No, no, I watch everything. Multiple. I'm like, I'm not a normal actor in that way. A lot of actors are cool and they never watch their work, like Johnny Depp. I watch everything, and I and I scrutinize over. I, I watch it a million times. I've gotten a lot better though. I've only we were sent the episodes a couple of weeks ago, and I've seen half the season, and I've, I only watched them once or twice. So that would have been about twenty times if it was five years ago. So I'm slowly getting better. Now, do we? Is there any surprises this season? Don't tell us what they are, but is there anything that? So many. This season is insane. This season is so nuts. I mean, whereas last year you kind of could watch any episode in any order, and they all were resolved at the end, like a sitcom. This is still a sitcom, but there's more drama and suspenseful. I mean, there there are big cliffhangers that happen throughout the season, and a lot changes. And I think that people are going to really enjoy it. Plus, we do a beautiful, really well done Hamilton spoof parody okay. I mean or homage depending on how you look at it we have Campbell Scott you know the actor playing uh, the lead role in it's Ailes' storyline and uh, he had this you know this Irish potato famine song cycle last year on the show this year they say with Hamilton it's, you should really make it into a Broadway show it's the hottest new thing so they make it into this off-Broadway show and we pay we literally we nail it so hard as far as you know trying to emulate the hamilton vibe I, the sets were beautiful it was so hardcore so i think people are going to love to see that i'm not sure it's been done yet a hamilton spoof i don't think it has uh, now is there any uh, good guest stars on this season well campbell scott's really 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 funny he's amazingly great funny. actor great actor and he's just he just nails it so hard he's so funny i was dying watching it i didn't see any of it until they were sent to me and then callie thorne is back okay um, she's great. She's great. so she's one of my favorite actresses. She's so good. She's just so fun and sweet, and she's so good. You know what I mean? Every scene, she just she's wonderful. And then Griffin Dunn is back for a little bit. There's a bunch. We have so many guest stars. We actually have a ton. Good. Well, I'm we're excited. Good. I'm excited yeah. for the season. I'm excited for you to see it too. I hope you like it. I will. I'm sure I will. And I always like to see Ailes. He has the best mustache in Hollywood. Doesn't he? So it's crazy. So okay. So now give the people your social media stuff so they can follow you because you know. They can sure. join your big following. And I know you tweet a lot. Yeah, I do. I, um, I, my Instagram is at Liz Gills, L-I-Z-G-I-L-L-Z. My Twitter is at Liz Gillies, L-I-Z-G-I-L-L-I-E-S. And I think that's it. I have a Facebook, but I don't know. You can just search my name and it'll uh, probably do, come up. Yeah, do, do just go people tweet and because uh, then you can't send the people messages if they tweet on Instagram. You know, that's the best thing, you know. Facebook, they can send well, no, you my messages. Facebook is a public one. I don't. I would never okay. do that. I was say, wait, make, oh no, I'm not that crazy. Here's my social security number. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Well, I want to thank you for coming on. And thank uh, you so much for having yeah, me. Yeah, and uh, so so it, it premieres next Thursday, people. It's it's on a ten, and then they're following it. They're do your, then they're following an episode from last season. It's very smart, probably to get oh, people. Oh, is that what they're doing? Yeah, because I just as I said, I just recorded That's it this good. morning. Because some of our some of our channels are we get the East Coast time, but FX. We don't. We just get the West Coast time. And I always like watching them earlier. So, so people, please follow Liz and go watch Sex, Drugs, and Rock and Roll. Follow me on Twitter. It's at Cooper Talk. I tweet a lot. I'm always tweeting. Uh, go to coopertalk.net. That's my website. I have 520 episodes. I just posted uh, violinist Aliza James, uh, which she's she's amazing. She plays with Burt Bacharach and uh, Paul Anka and a bunch of rock stars. And uh, I'll be posting Raphael Zabarge later this week. And uh, send me an email, cooper at coopertalk.net. You know, I'll respond to you. Instagram, coopertalk.1. My words with friends, because I play that and I love it. It keeps me sane. It's coopertalk1. And my other website is stopthesalt.com. Remember when I got out of the hospital? That was four years ago. Had to change my diet. I wrote a low-sodium cookbook. So buy that. 
It's StopTheSalt.com. No pictures to intimidate you. No big long list of ingredients. And you can get it at, at uh, BarnesandNoble.com or Amazon.com. But if you go to StopTheSalt.com, I make more money and I will sign it for you. So people, please keep listening to my show. Please check out Sex, Drugs, and Rock and Roll. And you can probably find the first season on demand if you look. Follow Liz on Twitter. Thank you, Liz, so much. And uh, yeah, so I'm going to check out you know the show and we're going to check you out. And thank you for calling. And people, I'm Steve Cooper. I'm only as hip as my guest. Don't forget, drink your water, eat your vegetables, take your vitamins. I'll talk to you guys next week.